we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 30th edition of the sunny side of sports. Coming up on Tuesday's show, Cape Verde's veteran goalkeeper talks about the team beating Mauritania to advance to the Africa Cup of Nations quarterfinals. Mauritania is a really great team and uh, they run a lot and they, they, they was here also to compete and to, to fight for the qualification. So it uh, was really hard. Uh, but uh, in the end, we managed to score the goal, and uh, I am happy and I'm proud, proud of this team. I think we have just to think about the next round. We will prepare uh, well, and uh, uh, we will do everything to win the game. That's Vozina speaking to VOA in Abidjan after Monday's 1-0 victory over Mauritania. Team captain Ryan Mendez converted a penalty kick in the 88th minute for Cape Verde, which reached the AFCON quarterfinals for a second time. The Blue Sharks of Cape Verde will next play the winner of Tuesday's match between Morocco and South Africa in the quarterfinals on Saturday in Yamasukro, Ivory Coast. In Monday's other match, there were big celebrations in the host country as Ivory Coast eliminated defending AFCON champion Senegal 5-4 on penalty kicks after the teams played to a one-all draw during 120 minutes of football in Yamasukro. The elephants of Ivory Coast, who were AFCON champions in 1992 and 2015, will next play the winner of Tuesday's Mali-Burkina Faso match in the quarterfinals on Saturday in Boaké. Joining me now for more AFCON analysis is VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckbill Yabaro. Sporty AFCON greetings, Muckbill. Sporty AFCON greetings, Sonny. Muckbill, I think I need to eat a little crow because on Monday's show, I did pick uh, Senegal, the reigning defending AFCON champions, to beat Ivory Coast. But I, I got to give credit to the elephants, man. Absolutely, Sonny. I think uh, we both might have to eat a little crow on that one. I, I also chose uh, Senegal um, to win uh, the Lions of Taranga. Uh, but to be honest with you, Ivory Coast, uh, Les Elephants, came into it as the last team to advance to the knockout phase. Mm. And, and because of that, I felt as though they had really nothing to lose. You're going up against the defending champions and teams don't really think that you have a chance against them so sometimes when you play with uh when the pressure is really off you because you got to think about this in the group phase they had a ton of pressure being the host nation individuals uh across the nation and across the world really thought that they had to play up to competition and you could see that they had moments of brilliance in their group phases, but um, they really weren't able to get the job done in advancing through their own merit, really, if we think about it as uh, the number one or the number two in their respective group. Uh, had to wait for that Morocco-Zambia result in order to make it through as the final team to make it through. But then they showed us that, look, we can hang with the champions. 
they went down early on, mm. uh, fourth minute or fifth minute uh, goal by uh, Habib Giallo. Sco- Habib Giallo he scores a phenomenal goal where the play almost looked dead, but Sadio Mane crossed it in from the left side, uh, gets it, kind of controls it with his chest, and then puts it into the back of the net. When a team of that caliber has that type of uh, goal that early on in a in a game, it really could could have really spun them out. Uh, but they stayed with it and were able to get a penalty kick uh, later on in the game. And you know, after that, you know, we we saw what happened. Now, Mukbil Mane set up that opening goal for Senegal with the uh, with the cross, and about five minutes later. Uh, a challenge on Nottingham Forest midfielder Ibrahim Sangare, who gets stretchered off the field because of Mane's challenge. And uh, some folks thought Mane should have received a red card, Muck Bill. What did you think? Yeah, before we jump right into that, uh, I think officiating has been really good uh, for AFCON the entirety of the tournament. I can't speak on it enough. Uh, we've had instances where we've seen uh, some red cards, some yellow cards. VAR has been used the right way, I feel like, in this tournament. So officiating has been great. Now, this particular call, I think they may have gotten the... I would say the luxury of being the defending champions, right? <laughs> and and having Sadio Mane be such an, uh, a huge part of this team. I could have seen this be a moment where, you know, he gets a red card. But then that changes the, the, the entire trajectory of the game. Right, and having right. the game... Uh, having this this challenge be so early on in the game, I think there were so many different things that the uh, ref was kind of thinking about. Y- you kind of give this game to Ivory Coast or give them a huge leg up by taking away such a huge member, uh, a, a leader of sorts uh, for the Senegal side. So I like the decision. And to be honest with you, I think Ivory Coast respects it. And they won on their own merit, and they didn't feel like they won by having something like that given to them. Muckbill, let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Frank Kessie. Uh, He scored the equalizer for the Elephants late in the match, and then he converts the uh, winning penalty kick in that penalty kick shootout. But, you know, getting back to uh, my crow-eating, Muckbill, I think, you know, one of the reasons I, I... I didn't feel like Ivory Coast could win this match. They've got a new coach in charge. I mean, they they dismissed their previous coach, Jean-Louis Gasset, and they brought in an interim coach, Emerson Fay. And what did he do tactically to help this team beat Senegal? To be honest with you, Sonny, uh, from a tactical standpoint, I, I couldn't really tell the huge difference in what this team was doing tactically right so but I do think that this team uh, showcased a level of grit and just uh, they played with a little bit more freedom right when you no longer have the pressure of of the expectations of people and and you know the 12th man being the fans in the stadium right. expecting you to win you go into this game I would pretty much say that a majority of the team or the fans expected Uh, Senegal to win this game this is the defending champions they were flawless in their group phase you're not expecting much from the team but when your team shows you that they they're they're here for it they're trying their very best still getting in in positions to win uh and I I really do think that uh 
the Ivorian side showed us that, you know, with that level of grit and physicality playing alongside and, and really playing for each other that we can we can make it. You know, having scored that late goal, going to extra time and then penalty kicks, uh, they were phenomenal uh, in that game. And it gives them the momentum, Sonny, to go into it and feel as though they can beat anybody. You beat arguably the best team uh, in this tournament thus far. Sky's the limit for this team now. It, it has to be a huge confidence booster. Uh, the Elephants will next play either Mali or Burkina Faso. Uh, probably not on the level of Senegal. Uh, how do you rate their chances against either of those teams? I think once you beat a team like Senegal, the level of confidence that you have is at its peak. There's no team that they could have beaten that could have gave, given them the confidence that they have going into their next matches now. All they have to do is just believe in themselves as they did uh, going into Senegal and take it one game at a time. Uh, the beauty of it for them is that they are in their home country. They are the host nations. So in any game that they play, they will always have the crowd with them. And that means so much in games like this. So uh, I'm excited to see who they play uh, moving forward. But I don't think that they feel as though they are underdogs in any uh, match uh, moving forward. Muckbill, let's go back to Monday's other AFCON match. The Blue Sharks of uh, Cape Verde, they beat Mauritania 1-0. Uh, another tight match, another late goal. Uh, how, do you see, how do you see that game? Yeah, I think Cape Verde uh, really has shown us uh, from the level of what they've done in their group phase that they're a team that is not to be played around with. They may be a small island island country, but they are mighty uh, as ever, and they have a collective group that is playing together, playing for each other, and the pride that they have in themselves uh, really stacks them up against anybody. Uh, coming out of that group, uh, number one with seven points, uh, I don't think that they felt as though Mauritania was necessarily on their level, but I respected the fact that they played them like they would have played any game. They've not shown any of us that they go into any games expecting to win. So regardless of who their comp competition is, they are going to play their very best game. Now, moving into their next potential matchup, they're going to play either the winner of Morocco versus South Africa. That'll be a huge test regardless of who comes out because if South Africa is able to pull an upset and beat mm. Morocco, the, the level of confidence that they'll be playing with will be unbelievable. And then if Morocco comes out, playing Morocco is no easy feat either. So regardless of the situation or who they end up playing, I think that the uh, Blue Sharks will be ready for whomever it is that'll be in their waters. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Who's going to be in the waters with the Blue Sharks? Yeah. Well, Mukbil, let, let's look at that Morocco-South Africa match. I understand the Moroccans will be missing two of their top players. Yeah, so at the moment they're saying that uh, Sofiane uh, Bouffal will be ruled out for the rest of the tournament uh, with an injury. Um, Hakim Ziyech, they're one of their premier goal scorers, uh, will be out of this game as well. But I think that there's a potential that Coach Riggery has said that I've seen reports that he may try to get him in uh, maybe in the second half or maybe start him and not play him for the entirety of the game. He does have a lingering injury, but he may try to utilize him. Uh, sometimes when you put a big player in like that, 
You may just use him as a decoy. He might not be fully able to do what he uh, would love to do, uh, but having him in there may kind of throw off uh, South Africa's uh, defensive scheme. So we'll see what uh, what they do and if they end up throwing him in there or if it was just for the reports so that they could actually, you know, uh, maybe uh, think that he might be playing in this game. So we'll see. Uh, Muckbill, you well remember the Atlas Lions uh, in that historic run in Qatar where they became the first African team to reach the semifinals. How do you think this version of the Atlas Lions looks compared to that World Cup team? I think the the interesting thing about that World Cup run was I I feel like uh, the Atlas Lions were uh, really they had the entire continent on their back, uh, and now in this because this is a <laughs> tournament from the continent, everybody is more regional per se. Uh, interestingly enough, we spoke about this. Top six teams uh, coming into this AFCON, five of them were North African teams. Mm. Uh, now there's only one North African team left in it, which is Morocco. Uh, we will see what this Moroccan team can do, especially with these injuries, uh, playing in this level of heat. I know not only them, but a, a ton of players that have played or that do play in club teams in Europe have spoken about the heat and what this heat has done to them uh, playing in this tournament. These cooling breaks that we normally don't see uh, in tournaments uh, has had to be used continually because uh, players just uh, don't have the, you know, don't have the energy or just can't play in this heat uh, uh, this much. So we'll see what this does for them. But this core team, for the most part, is the exact same team that played in Qatar for the World Cup. So really shouldn't be any excuses uh, outside of injuries, and injuries are a part of the game. Uh, So we'll see what they do. Skill-wise, one could make the argument and say that, yeah, you know, Moroccan the Moroccan team has some really big heavy hitting players in each respective position but the collective of South Africa has shown us brilliance as well in different moments so all it takes is 90 minutes plus some stoppage we'll see we'll see how they uh how how this game goes and Muckbill you know I have a Bafana Bafana jersey so (laughs) I am not ruling out Bafana Bafana to beat the Moroccans. I, I cannot rule out anybody, Sonny. To be <laughs> honest with you, this tournament has been one of the greatest AFCON tournaments um, when it comes to just play. Uh, fans, of course, have been great. Uh, the ambiance in Ivory Coast was amazing. So I think that Bafana Bafana should use what Ivory Coast used against uh, Senegal. Go into it with the mentality of, look... We can win. Why can't we win? We've had extremely high wins um, in certain games where we've scored multiple goals, and then we've had some losses as well. But let's just take it for what it is. This is the one-game knockout. This is not a series, right? Right, right. If this was a series... You know, you could if you're if you were a betting person, you might put it all on Morocco because it's difficult to beat a team like that that many times. But one game, all it takes is finding the right pocket. You know score one goal, and and just, you know, park the bus, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I'm talking with my colleague, Muckbill Yabaro, our resident VOA Nations Cup reporter. Now, Muckbill, I know you have been supportive of video review, uh, VAR, and and you mentioned those cooling breaks. what, What do you think of those... 
to VAR and the cooling breaks and how they maybe disrupt the flow of a game? So the, the argument for folks that don't like VAR is that the continuity or the momentum kind of breaks uh, in, in games like this now because of all these stoppages. Now, on the counter side, I feel like not being able to get away with something like a, you know, uh, a Maradona handball to win right. something, you know, like, so something like that, I think, you know, really, uh, it, it changes the, the entire game because now you're not able to do something that is outside the rules of the game. If VAR is used correctly. And I feel like in this tournament in particular, where we don't look to Africa to be the leading, uh, football, uh, nations or, or to be the, the, the clubs or the tournaments that lead, um, with uh, technology or lead in, you know, club games for, for all that, for, for, for whatever instance, this is a tournament where we can take from it that VAR and officiating has been at an all time high. It's been an, a phenomenally, um, officiated tournament from across the board. I think some of these officials really need to get, you know, the praises that they deserve and get some opportunities to, 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 to officiate in, in club teams or other big tournaments uh, moving forward because they, they've done a stellar job, uh, Sonny. Finally, Muckbill, uh, with the elimination of Senegal, we now have to go back to 2010 uh, when the Pharaohs of Egypt won their third consecutive uh, Nations Cup title to find a team that won back-to-back titles. Uh, so we're talking almost 15 years. Uh, in some way, does that speak to how much African football has improved over, over the years? Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't have said it any better. I think that the game is no longer about the few big countries that we know dominate the sport that have had the infrastructure from time the cameroons the egypts the nigerias nigeria is still in the competition uh but who's to say whether or not they win or not you know uh but before we would look at these huge teams and say look there may be four or five teams that can potentially win or potentially even qualify for the world cup and make a run uh but nowadays what we're seeing is that it's anybody's game you know if the football association of that respective country really cares enough about the development of the sport right and puts their money into it and and really puts money behind the youth uh, in developing uh, from the ground up, similarly to what we talk about in the Basketball Africa League and how it's right. happening for, for basketball. Football is exactly the same thing. Uh, I, we've seen that certain countries, the Angola, Angola has done it in basketball, and now they're showing it in football as well. So Cape Verde is one of those countries where we may have not known that they were working on it behind the scenes, but there, there's no way this is a coincidence. There's something that they're working on, and we need to take notice and, and give kudos to those teams and those countries that are doing a phenomenal job in this tournament. Kudos indeed to the uh, Blue Sharks of Cape Verde and some of the other surprising teams uh, in Ivory Coast. And it, it also reminds me, Muckbill, that we're going to have nine African teams at the next uh, FIFA World Cup. So. I think Africa will be well represented in terms of the quality of football. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's, it's an exciting time uh, for African football, African sports, African players um, across the board. So I'm excited to see what happens moving forward. VOA's Muckbill Yabaro. Thank you, my man. Thank you, Sonny. 
I'll have more AFCON news, but first, these programming announcements. This week on Straight Talk Africa, my conversation with the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, about the foreign policy of the United States, especially towards West Africa. Also, Rama Yade, Senior Director for Africa at the Atlantic Council, talks to me about the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken's latest trip to the African continent. Join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Sporty greeting, this is Victor Simeon, Super Eagles of Nigeria and Napoli FC Forward. You're listening to the sunny side of thoughts on The Voice of America. the sunny side of sports on facebook x formerly known as twitter and at voaafrica.com my facebook address is facebook.com forward slash voa sunny my x formerly known as twitter handle is at voa sunny sports and if you go to voaafrica.com you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes Check out voaafrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to voanews.com. More Africa Cup of Nations football news on the sunny side of sports. Some members of the Nigerian community in Ivory Coast have set up a viewing center, or Khan Village, for fans who cannot afford to buy tickets to watch AFCON matches. The coordinator of the Nigerian viewing center in Abidjan is Joseph Nanso. As for the Khan Village, the Nigerian football village here in Ivory Coast, being the host nation of this uh, year, Nations Cup. It was actually a people-motivated idea because um, there is a new trend in football, actually, lately. So whenever Mm -hmm. there is a tournament like this, so the government offers to build a viewing center where people can come together and watch the ball, those that will not be able to go to the stadium. Because, of course, none of this stadium is going to... I don't think there's any stadium in the world that is uh, above 150,000 population. So most of this stadium here, I think the biggest is about 60-something thousand capacity. And then we have uh, more than uh, 5 million people in the city and more than 30 million in the entire country. So not everybody will be able to go to the stadium. For AFCON fans who can't go to the stadiums, Nanso says different types of viewing centers have been set up in Ivory Coast, some by the tournament's corporate sponsors. So in order for people to key into the festivity of the period and enjoy the glamour of uh, the 
Nations Cup uh, tournaments going on in the country. So different villages are set up. So we have the Calf Village, we have the Kokan Village, which is uh, the local organizing committee village. And then most of these top brands have also taken it upon themselves to make their co customers feel at home by setting up uh, these villages, such as uh, uh, Solibra, uh, which is like Nigerian Brewers, and um, some of the official sponsors like Total Energy Village, and then Etel Village, some of the official sponsors. Joseph Nanso says it was important to set up a viewing center for the many Nigerians who live in Ivory Coast. I thought about it that we need a village of our own because we have more than 3 million Nigerians residing here in Cote d'Ivoire. And so many Nigerians, I saw so many of my friends coming in from Nigeria. And to be very honest, the kind of support that our national team has generated at the cost of this scam has been really nothing short of... Uh, um, amazing. So we got inspired to set up a village for Nigerians where Nigerians can come in. Uh, those that will not be able to get to the stadium still stay around, watch this ball together, feel happy and then create an enabling environment for our people that are coming in that doesn't really know their way. A place we can meet and greet, uh, help them in different challenges they may be having. Be as, being that we ourselves, Nigerians living here, we are like co-hosts too. Nanso says the AFCON fans will get better food bargains at the viewing centers than they would at Ivorian hotels. So somewhere they can come and eat our local food at a very affordable rate. We saw some of them spending 18000 sefa, which is approximately 36000 in the hotel. They eat, they still don't get satisfied. Meanwhile, you can spend just 2000 and you're satisfied. And so far, it has been a wonderful experience for all of them. So this where they drive behind the creating of the village where we can also uh, bring together young talents to come and uh, display, entertain our people, where we can create a fantastic memory during the Nations Cup here in Cote d'Ivoire. So this was the drive behind the Nations Cup. And of course, it has cost us so much to set this up um, because we didn't start the arrangement earlier. And so as a result of this, we couldn't get all the necessary sponsors that we needed for this event. and. Uh, Trust me, it has cost me personally a, a, a life fortune. So more than 140 million invested in this project. So, but we are hoping that um, at the end of the day that uh, we will get the necessary satisfaction that has led us into this project. That's Joseph Nanso, the coordinator of an AFCON viewing center in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. And he spoke with the sunny side of sports from Abidjan. Hello, this is Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week 
right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. If you're just tuning in to the sunny side of sports, the last two quarterfinal berths will be decided this evening at the Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast. In Tuesday's first match, Mali will meet Burkina Faso, and that will be followed by a game between Morocco and South Africa. Now, looking ahead to Friday, well, those quarterfinal pairings have already been decided. Nigeria, three-time AFCON champion, will play Angola on Friday. Also Friday, the Democratic Republic of Congo will go against Guinea. On Saturday, there will be two more quarterfinal matches. The winner of the Mali-Burkina Faso match this evening will go up against the host team, the Elephants of Ivory Coast. And in the second quarterfinal on Saturday, those Blue Sharks from Cape Verde will meet the winner of the Morocco-South Africa match. Lots of AFCON excitement taking place in Ivory Coast. And that wraps up the January 30th edition of the show. Thanks to producer and VOA Nations Cup reporter Muckville Yabaro. Thanks also to VOA engineer Audrius Regis. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I did it.